Welcome to The Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. I'm Charlie Wright, and we're very pleased you've joined us today, and we'd like to welcome our guest, Jay Rame, CFA, Portfolio Manager at Reeves Asset Management. He speaks to us from their headquarters in Jersey City, New Jersey. Jay, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Thank you, Charlie. Thanks for having me on the show. So, Jay, uh, Reeves Asset Management has been a long-time asset management firm and research firm focused on utilities and energy since uh, you guys actually started, I understand, in the early 60s. But since the late 70s, have really been focused on utilities and energy. You're known for your research, and you guys take a long-term value investment strategy. Got to tell you, Jay, very few of our 230-plus guests have been value investors. So we appreciate you uh, telling us about uh, the kind of value investing you guys do. And your focus has been utilities and and uh, your particular focus and what we're going to focus on today has been utilities and natural gas sectors. So give us a brief background of the firm and of yours. Will you, uh, Jay? Yeah, yeah. Well, like you were saying, we were founded in the, the early 60s as a just straight utility shop uh, we actually sold research for for a long time and as uh, commission schedules started changing in the in the mid 70s started starting managing money and you know, since 1978 have you know, managed money for various institutional and pension fund accounts and you know since then have moved into different mutual funds closed end and open end and separately managed accounts but you know truthfully we've we've really tried to stay in our niche which is energy infrastructure if you will it's uh, utility and energy companies and you know the idea is it's stuff that that people use every day it's companies that are you know not economically cyclical really and uh they pay dividends that dividend grows over time you have some growing value slowly and you know really it's avoiding the downside letting the upside take care of itself but but thinking in in a real long-term way and so you know we try to do that by by getting to know our companies really well uh they're pretty highly regulated you know just in the utility world each state at least in the United States, each state has different regulations. The uh, utility in California, for example, is much different than than one in New Jersey. And you know, we try to to really hone in, be experts in, in those areas, and, and really get to know them. And you know, it's worked out pretty well over the last forty years. So, Jay, uh, in the past uh, two and a half, three years, we've seen a significant decline in oil prices. No, uh, everybody knows that. Uh, but given the breadth and the depth of the energy sector, how has this decline in the price of oil impacted the sector? Where is it, has it had a great impact, and where has it not had a great impact? Yeah, it's it, you know it's really been been pretty amazing because I think in past downturns, companies have 
really responded like this. It's, you know, oil was up, everybody was producing too much, there's an oversupply, oil comes down, people pull back and wait for the market to recover. You know, this time, I don't think people, uh, different companies are waiting for the market to recover. I, I think that there's been so much technological progress uh, just in the last couple of years, which has made stuff like shale drilling really profitable at $50. You know, take, uh, there's one company, Pioneer, uh, PXD, which, you know, was quickly becoming the one of the premier names out there. And, you know, they're talking about the ability to grow their own production 15% a year for the next 10 years at $50 oil. So basically, without oil prices ever growing up, they're going to grow double digits. And you've never really had a time like that in the history of the oil market to be able to do that. And it, three years ago, that number for Pioneer to grow would have been 70. You know, they needed $70 oil to really to really grow that fast. But if they've been able to figure out how to drill longer, get more efficient, adjust their cost structure so that service costs, uh, drilling costs, transportation costs have all come down. And, you know, really it's taken the whole industry to make that adjustment. Um, and you know, uh, to add to that here, Jay, uh, we have all read and heard, even those of us not particularly focused on that sector, that in the Middle East, they can't be profitable at 50, or they can be profitable, but their social network system will not allow them to maintain their current lifestyle at $50 a barrel. They need a good $70 a barrel in order to maintain what they have created. And so yeah. they can't live with this $50 uh, oil like fracking companies can. Yeah, and and so they're they're playing by the old playbook, which was cut production and have the market respond, except this time the market's not responding like they'd like it to. Right. Uh, but, it, you know, look, Venezuela's on the verge of collapse. It is. Um, we uh, kind of had a uh, a semi-coup of the crown prince in Saudi Arabia. You know, there's real yes. political upheaval that, that's happening and uh, probably gets worse if if oil stays at 50 for the next couple of years, too. You know, Saudi Arabia is going to try, try to IPO part of Saudi Aramco soon, but yeah. they need a much higher oil price to really get that that amount of money that they need so that's right you know i don't know how they how they fund their their social programs that much longer you know uh you look at currency reserves and stuff like that it's funny as an oil analyst you feel like you're more of a geopolitical analyst than anything sometimes you probably are so let, let's focus on the utility sector how has the uh drop in oil prices impacted you impacted the utility sector and how do you see it impacting it moving forward yeah, well, it's it's oil and it's also uh, natural gas too. Um, you know, really, utilities are, are beneficiary from lower commodity prices. So if you if you think about your your bill, there's really two parts to your utility bill. There's the part that is the electricity, the power that you pay for, and there's the part that the infrastructure, the delivery system to get that electricity to your home, and so utility 
makes money on the infrastructure part and the power part is really just a, a pass through. It's whatever they paid for, you paid for. No one, you know, just the generator of that power is making any money. And so as prices of, of oil and natural gas have declined, and it's really the same technique, it's it's people, uh, companies have gotten much better at uh, drilling and drilling shale, really. Uh, you know, as, as that's gotten much more efficient and much cheaper, uh, it's really enabled utilities to spend a lot more on that infrastructure side and grow that infrastructure side without really having much of an impact on, on customer bills. And I think most, you know, several, at least there's a lot of utility companies where bills haven't risen in 10 years. That's because 10 years ago, if you remember, we had all those hurricanes. Most of our natural gas production was in the Gulf of Mexico. Every hurricane that ripped through would shut production for a couple weeks, and you'd have huge price spikes. You know, after Katrina hit, natural gas was 14 or $15. You know, today it's 3 and that's only because uh, we've had you know, declines in production that have brought it up from 2 really. So it's that... That decline in natural gas, that really the decline, the corresponding decline in, in power prices, as well as you know more wind and solar, which you know the marginal cost of that is zero, right? It's either windy and, and sunny or it's not. You know that's really given utilities the ability to grow that infrastructure side. So it's been a been a real boon for them for sure. Well, that's uh, that's good to hear. So, if we were to talking uh, to talk about the market conditions that are favorable and then those unfavorable for uh, utilities and and infrastructure, uh, what would we say are market conditions that are unfavorable? Yeah. Well, I mean, first, you know, the flip side, obviously, uh, commodity prices going back up, having having that power component be be higher. Uh, but you know, I think. Also, uh, interest rates. You know, there's no doubt that people come in and, and they buy utilities and infrastructure stocks, uh, you know, MLPs and stuff like that, for yield. And when the 10-year goes from 1.8 to 2.5, like it did just after the election, people head to the exits. Uh, whether or not that actually affects the profitability, it just means that the dividend is more or less competitive against against rates and so it's you know it's really that quick increase in in interest rates is the thing that is the biggest worry for the sector Okay, you, you know what we all saw because this is such a capital intensive industry uh, that when uh, uh, when the price of oil dropped, so many companies in the energy field in the oil industry, especially exploration etc, they started to have real problems immediately, uh, and and people said, "Well, that's because they're so capital intensive. They have high debt, okay. Yeah. And so because they have high debt, uh, you know, they've gone out and borrowed all this money, and they've got to pay it back. And now the price of oil has dropped literally in half, and they're not creating the the cash flow for that. Well, if interest rates are higher, you can have." the same price of oil but that debt can be just as higher because just as high because those interest rates are higher right yeah it works it works exactly the same and you know i i draw a bit of a distinction between energy companies like that which i think looking back were clearly overlevered uh, everybody was buying uh, shale 
properties and spending way too much money and you know got caught when when prices declined but you know i make a distinction between that and and utility debt which the interest expenses pass through to to customers and so if uh you know if rates spike up it just means higher bills for customers you know that that hurts and you know, probably limits growth opportunities for utilities because you never really want to have bills increasing that much, but it doesn't make you insolvent. Right. Um, so, but but it certainly does hurt the growth prospects for sure. Yeah. So we need to take a short break here, Jay. Uh, we'll be right back. Again, we're talking with Jay Rame, CFA, Portfolio Manager at Reeves Asset Management, uh, focused on utility and natural gas sector investing. You're listening to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio, and we'll be right back. <laughs> According to the consulting firm Strategic Capital Allocation Group, every decade since 1900 has experienced at least one bear market, and several have experienced as many as three. So how do we protect our principal from these declines without missing the gains when prices rise? At Strategic Investor Radio, we interview asset managers with unique strategies designed to both protect and grow your investments. Investing is not rocket science. It's rocket fuel if you know how to harness it. For podcasts of our interviews, please visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. And now back to Charlie and his guest. Thank you, Paul. Again, we're talking with Jay Rame, CFA, Portfolio Manager of the Utility and Natural Gas Sectors uh, at Reeves Asset Management out of Jersey, Jersey City, New Jersey. So, uh, Jay, something that uh, I don't fully understand here, what do you deliver for your clients? Do you have mutual funds? Do you have separately managed accounts? Do you just deliver research, signals? What do you do for your clients? Yeah, so we're we're mostly on the investment management side. Uh, actually, we do all our own research, but we never sell. We don't sell it anymore. That stopped you know, forty years ago or so. Um, so we it's all it's all in house. Uh, essentially, we we manage uh, a few different mutual funds. Um, uh, one of which is a big close end fund, ticker symbol UTG, and uh, more recently, a uh, an actively managed utilities ETF, uh, ticker symbol UTES, UTES. Uh, so we're big My Cousin Vinny fans, and so we went with, went with UTES. Um, but as well, uh, we have several relationships with uh, different wirehouses and RIAs, and manage some separately managed accounts. Um, different pension funds and, and endowments and, and stuff like that. Okay, and you guys are really focused on uh, the energy, utility sector, that the, the, those things right there, correct? Right, right. And so, you know, the idea is, is really it's, you know, from drilling of energy to burning it and producing it to li- delivering it to... Uh, to the customer, so kind of that whole value chain along the along the way. 
And so uh, what would you say, Jay? Uh, you talk to people, you know, and, uh, and no, you're not the salesperson, you're the portfolio manager, but you have conversations with your salespeople and with others. What are the aspects of the utility sector uh, that are possibly unrecognized by investors? So what, what misconceptions do so many investors have of this sector? Yeah, yeah you know, I think the biggest one is that the sector actually grows, that there's actually real good, solid growth here. You know, I think a lot of people think of it as big, dumb utility, pays a big dividend. Maybe that dividend goes up a little bit from time to time, but essentially it's a place where you can park your money and, and nothing really happens. And, you know, it's kind of the opposite. And, you know, in fact, I think you're looking out the, the growth outlook for the next five to ten years is as good as it's ever been in the industry. And what's going on is is pretty amazing. Um, yeah, I think we have this electric grid that has been the same for 100 years. You know, Thomas Edison would probably recognize uh, recognize it from, from when he was around. And, you know, we're at the point where wind power and solar power and, and almost where batteries are cheap enough to, to really come in and replace a lot of coal and, and nuclear power. And so a lot of companies are, are really going and, and making this change. And it, what, what was really amazing, this really struck home for me uh, just a couple of days ago. Uh, so American Electric Power is one of the biggest coal users in the country. Uh, AEP is the ticker symbol. And uh, they announced this deal to uh, buy 2,000 megawatts of wind power for $4.5 billion gigantic investment and they had a conference call the next day and what they said was yeah we're going to do this we're going to shut down some existing coal power that we're actually using right now and we're going to give customers a bill decrease they're actually going to save 700 million dollars over the life of this contract and you're just like wow it's wind is so and you know part of that's tax credit, sure, but but wind's gotten so much cheaper just over the last few years that you you can replace an existing plant and build something entirely new and customers still benefit. And obviously the the utility benefits, the utility gets a a regulated return on on the amount of money they invest, but you know, it's really rare that you can find some kind of win win opportunity like that. You win, win, win. I guess uh, if you if you think about reducing carbon emissions and making the grid greener, but but the ability to for the utility to grow earnings and also give customers bill savings is is pretty remarkable. And so, you know, it feels like we're at that tipping point where the whole industry is is really about to change. Uh, well, so it's yeah. Yeah, so it's just this, you know, billions and billions of dollars that, that could be spent over the next 10, 15 years of, of different companies looking at opportunities like this. So do you see green energy as a competitor or as an enhancer for the returns and opportunities of these utilities? You know, it's it's actually both. And and uh, certainly an enhancer for, for American electric power. Uh, it's an enhancer for for most companies. But what's interesting is that changing the grid is long-term. You know, it's going to take 15, 20, probably more like 40 years, right? 
long-term planning has been a real deficiency of the utility industry for a long time. It's it's always a political thing. It, you know, some states have commissioners that are actually elected. Most have commissioners that are, excuse me, this is state regulator, uh, state right. regulators, but you know, most have governors that appoint them. But, you know, essentially, energy policy can change whenever the next election is. Yeah. But you can't, you know, take California. California wants to get to 50% renewable power by 2030. You're getting there without some kind of long-term plan. I mean, really, you need to start the, the infrastructure spending, all the building and everything now to accommodate that. You need to start doing that now. And without long-term planning, it can go badly. And so, you know, I think it, it'll be like everything else. There'll, there'll be some, some utilities, some states that are real winners in it, uh, some that uh, resist, and it doesn't work out. And, uh, you know, hopefully that's that's where we can rely on our experience and, you know, see how, uh, you know, draw on some of that. I mean, I think it's kind of similar to when the United States went through its nuclear build-out in the late 70s, early 80s. And, you know, some were fine, but some of the plants didn't work as well as they wanted to. Uh, a lot of, you know, they had a lot of cost overruns. Couple companies got closer to bankruptcy than they'd like to be. Uh, it was it was kind of a disaster, and you know, hopefully, lessons were learned. But but it was a long time ago. So, Jay, a question we like to ask all of our guests: uh, What keeps you awake at night? Hmm. <laughs> you know, actually, uh, recently uh, I have a four-month-old son, so him mostly. Well, we can certainly understand that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but no, the uh, the real answer is, uh, you know, it's really that that change I was talking about. It's uh, utilities don't change, and there's there's going to be more industry upheaval in the next fifteen years than there's been over the last hundred combined. There's certainly going to be winners and losers. And, you know, we talked about you know, California. I think has the right long term vision to do well. Uh, Florida's doing really well. You know, but. A state like New York, uh, they also want to get to 50% renewable, but it, there's no real plan. They want to build a gigantic offshore wind facility when, you know, I'm not real sure how effective wind, offshore wind is or how much it's going to cost or, or anything like that. And so it's, you know, I'm not really sure if the policy is right. And uh, so getting the, getting the policy right is a... Uh, real worry for me. And then, then on the energy side, it's, you know, we've had this amazing technological progress over the last couple of years. Certainly, it's not going to stop right now. Uh, there's going to be other areas of the world that can produce oil cheaper and, and better, and uh, maybe it's other areas of the United States. Maybe the Permian continues to get better. It's uh, and, and how that all plays out in a geopolitical world, and I, it, it's tough. I it's really kind of big, unknowable questions, but but that kind of long-term stuff keeps me out. Yeah, well, and uh, anybody could see why you know, the whole energy uh, uh, field, as you say, in many ways, is is in disruption right now, and nobody knows yeah. really where it's going to go. And again, when the more you have politics involved, let's face it, the more uncertain things become. And yours is not just national politics, but it's state as well, etc. Yeah. 
So yeah, question. we haven't even really we haven't even really talked about uh, you know what happens when electric cars really get yeah that's right and that, that's right several disruptors well, here that can uh, right really wreak havoc or create great opportunities or both and uh, so so we'll see so the second question I'd like to ask all of our guests what book on investing would you recommend for our listeners you know it's. Uh, it's not a book; it's books. But I really love the the Market Wizards books that uh, Jack Swagger did. Um, you know, just interviews with with a whole lot of different successful traders and portfolio managers, and investors. But I, you know, for me, it's I don't know I I operate in one area of the world, and it's easy to to you know, get narrowed and focused in in there. Uh, so I really try to, to learn as much about other trading styles, uh, other investment opportunities, as again, really just to, to broaden. And, you know, I think those were, were some of the best. It's, you can't do any better than learning directly from someone who's been successful. And I think that's what those books let you do. Uh, you know, Jay, you're in good company. We've had uh, several people, the 230 or so times we've asked that question, who have recommended Jack Schwager books. And, really? All right. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, very popular, and people recognize their value, no question about it. So provide your website and contact information for those who would like to know more here, Jay. Sure, yeah. Our, our website is reevesassetmanagement.com. And Spell that's Reeves for us. Yeah. yeah, it's R-E-A-V-E-S, uh, assetmanagement.com. Okay. And there's a, uh, a contact button on there. Uh but you could also reach out to me on email. Uh, my email address is uh, just the letter J, uh, Rame, R-H-A-M-E, at whreaves.com. It's W-H-R-E-A-V-E-S.com. Okay, and final words for our listeners here, Jay. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, simplicity is a, a really underrated strategy. Yeah, I think we're, I don't mean to do a commercial for ourselves, but we're really a testament of that. It's, you know, we've done one thing for, for 40 years, and it's just by trying to not lose that much money, letting the upside take care of itself, investing in companies that make stuff that people use every day, and that's been really good. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, just keep things simple and... uh Keep things long-term, and good things happen. Jay, thank you very much. We really appreciate that, and uh, we offer our best uh, wishes uh, to you and Reeves Asset Management in a most challenging, dynamic, ever-changing, currently (laughs) low-priced financial arena here. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, Charlie. Again, we've been talking with Jay Rame, CFA, Portfolio Manager at Reeves Asset Management in Jersey City, New Jersey. You've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio. We'd love to have you contact us at info at strategicinvestorradio.com and go to our website to hear podcasts of all of our interviews and shows, strategicinvestorradio.com. On behalf of all of us here at Strategic Investor Radio and OC Talk Radio, we'd like to, I'm Charlie Rock. And we'd like to wish you an enjoyable week and productive investing. 
Strategic Investor Radio is a production of OC Talk Radio and is provided for educational purposes only. Content of this program and the views of the guests should not be considered as recommendations by OC Talk Radio or investment advice from the host, Charlie Wright, or any other entity attached to this production. Investors should always consult qualified financial, investment, tax, or legal professionals prior to investing. 